morning crypto. Good morning, Warriors. Hello and welcome back to another episode of your favorite crypto news channel, Good Morning Crypto, where we bring you the most relevant and impactful crypto-related topics from the top crypto research team in the world. I'm your host, Abs, joined by several members of our 3T family this morning. We got the Tannist Italian in crypto, Mr. Johnny Crypto, Gonzo, also known as George Clooney, and Andrew Cashflow, aka the Cashflow King. So I'm very excited for today's episode. Today on Good Morning Crypto, we'll be discussing how Brad Garlinghouse and Gary Gensler have taken their battle into the mainstream media after Ripple CEO criticized the SEC's agenda of regulating by enforcement, stating this is an attack on the entire industry. There are new accusations of a shadow banking system operating in the Tether ecosystem as new evidence emerges of undisclosed bank accounts back in 2018. A new Ripple survey shows 97% of firms believe crypto can enhance payments. And with Coinbase stating the time is now for institutions to invest in altcoins, we break down the details, showing our community how 2023 is the year of institutional adoption. Our show is available on your favorite podcast platforms like Spotify and Apple Music. And for those of you listening via podcast, our show is live on YouTube Monday through Friday, 11 a.m. Eastern at the 3T Warrior Academy channel. So the Italian Stallion is back on this Monday and I couldn't be happier, my friend. We had a great weekend out in Florida, but how are you feeling today on this Monday? Well, you know what? I, in terms of feeling, you're a little, little cooked up there still. The, the sun's a lot, a lot harder, powerful and hotter than you'd think. But uh, Abs, also, uh, it was great to see you, and uh, and also it's great to see Andrew and Gonzo and all the Warrior Maniacs. So let me just say, like I always do, good morning to all the Warrior Maniacs out there. We love you guys. Appreciate you guys. I missed all you guys, and happy to be back. Can't wait to hop into it and talk about some crypto. A lot of good news out there. A lot of Absolutely, good. Absolutely, Johnny. And not only are we going to be talking about Ripple, Gonzo. You know we're talking about the Ethereum upgrade. But before we do that, how you feeling, my friend? Thanks for being here. I'm feeling great. Good morning. Good morning, everybody. I had an amazing weekend. Uh, I think my laptop is holding up so far. Now that I have access to the uh, Streamyard thing in the background, it's more bandwidth. So. We'll see how it goes. But yeah, man, it's going to be a, a great show. Uh, I spent the weekend kind of trying to catch up on Ethereum and the uh, the abstraction thing, just getting to see if I could understand it better to see if it really is a good thing or a bad thing. So we can talk about it. Awesome, guys. And we got the cash flow king joining us as well. Andrew, always excited to see you. How was your weekend and how are you feeling today, my friend? Yeah, good morning, good uh, good afternoon, good evening, everybody. Uh, 5 p.m. here in the Netherlands, and always uh, love to see uh, see you guys here in the in the show. Always on Monday, and love to see also so many people here here in in the chat and and commenting on what we are saying. Uh, it's it's wonderful. I, I had a great weekend. Actually, I was checking. I bought some uh, immutable X, not not financial advice, but I bought a little bit about it. And uh, so yeah, you know, it's going it's going great. I mean, we have to be patient. We are a little bit in the in the bear market, but uh, if we if we have patience, we will come out very good on the other side. With that being said, Andrew, we're going to start the show off the same way we always do by showing you our Good Morning Crypto Twitter account. That's at Three TGM Crypto on Twitter. We're at two hundred or twenty nine hundred and seventy seven followers. Go smash that follow button. We love talking to you. The Crypto Fear and Greed Index is in neutral this morning, sitting at a forty eight. When we look at the daily movers, we've actually got some green bubbles. Hex is up uh, 8%. Man is up about 6%, but the rest of the market pretty much right across the board. When we check out the total coin market cap this morning, we are sitting at $1.02 trillion in total market cap. Bitcoin is 42% dominance. Ethereum is about 19%. Bitcoin sitting at 22500 Ethereum, 1578 XRP is $0.36. Cardano is $0.33. Chainlink just below $7. And let's scroll down to Quant. 
sitting at 125, Johnny. I'm really excited to play a bunch of information on this episode, specifically revolving around Brad Garlinghouse and Gary Gensler. But before we do that, what are some of the projects you're watching? Yeah, a lot of stuff happening there. Brad got the markets riled up, or at least came out and had some bold things to say. But, you know, for me, Abs, one of the ones I've been watching, and, I, and we've talked about it a lot on this show, but I've been really trying to get my claws deeper into it, is, is AVAX. So it's one of those ones where I personally didn't have enough of that one in my in my stable. So I don't know. Yeah, there we go. What's a six? What is it? What are we saying at AVAX today? $16, I think. Um, so for me, that's one that I got my eyes on. I, you know, and I was even reaching out to Gons like, hey, what do you, what, how low do we think this thing could go? Because I, 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 sh- I, we showed the chart on Friday for you. I, I said it was for you. I actually showed the, the, the chart and where that line was for the support. You got to yep. watch Friday's show. Yep, yep, yep. So, so, uh, so I like this one, Abs. I'm keeping an eye on this one. I want to get more. I think in the long term, the fact that Amazon went to them rather than them going to Amazon for a partnership to me is significant. And for that reason, this is one that, you know, as soon as we get a, a pullback on this one again, I definitely want to try to grab some more. Awesome, guys. And we get 195 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button and get ready as Brad Garlinghouse is calling out Gary Gensler and even threatening that many crypto companies could leave the United States if things don't change. So we're going to let the short clip play and go back to the group. Here we go. SEC bringing the case against Ripple is not really just a case about Ripple or about XRP. It's really about the industry and how the SEC is kind of playing offense and attacking the whole industry. Two and a half years ago when this started, I'm not sure everyone fully digested that. And now that is widely understood. This is going to be pivotal for the whole industry because if the SEC is able to prevail, I think there's a lot of other cases. And some of them just in the last four weeks, I think they brought five additional enforcement cases. The macro headline for me is this is not a healthy way to regulate an industry. Your regulation through enforcement, as opposed to what we're seeing in other countries where they're doing the work, right? They're codifying, they're creating a framework that allows an industry to grow while protecting consumers. And I think that's really what the U.S. is lagging. And some of your why I'm here in Washington is to continue to try to evangelize and educate. You know, here's how these technologies can really benefit consumers, benefit industry. Is what I'm hearing from you essentially if the U.S. does. And I think that's a great place to pause and get some comments there because we're going to show a survey later in the episode that 97% of payment firms believe crypto is going to enhance the entire financial market. But Johnny, let's stick with the Ripple news here. What caught your attention? Then we'll kick it to the other members of the group. Though, while he's spot on, the biggest thing he said right there, Abs, was the fact that they don't want to work with the industry. They're trying to regulate it one by one. It's the worst way to do it rather than welcoming these companies in-house creating a regulation framework so everybody who wants to play in this space understands what that is so that they can come in, do what they need to do, get the proper you know blessings from the SEC, and then you move forward. That's how the whole industry and as a whole would move forward. You can't do that when one company gets treated one way and another company gets treated another way and another company gets treated another way and nobody knows what the freaking rules are and how to do it. And that's exactly what you're seeing why some companies get a pass and some companies get slapped with a lawsuit. It's just, it's really the wrong way. Brad's so spot on. And the sad thing is he's been talking about it for two years and nothing, nothing, nothing has changed because Congress hasn't stepped up to create regulation. 
And the irony of this whole thing, Johnny, is that Gary Gensler states, if you are anticipating profits on any of these crypto projects, that is considered a security in his eyes. Well, the second largest project in the market is Ethereum, and they actually had a registered ICO back in 2014. You were able to buy Ethereum for one penny back in the day, but we're not going to talk about that right now. I'm going to play the remainder of this clip and go to Gonzo and Cashflow. Here we go. Essentially, if the U.S. doesn't get its act together and move more quickly, all of this is going offshore. It's just going elsewhere. Well, it already is. I mean, the, the sad reality is that the U.S. really is already behind. You know, this is not behind countries that we haven't necessarily heard of. This is behind Australia and behind the U.K., Japan, Singapore, Switzerland. There's a lot of countries that have taken the time and the thoughtfulness to create that clear rules of the road. It, by contrast, when I first got involved in the tech industry in the late 90s, some were saying the internet should be banned. They were saying, like, here's how the internet is being used for illicit purposes. But the U.S. government said, no, 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 we're going to create a framework. And that allowed entrepreneurs, that allowed investors to come in and look at the benefits to the United States on a geopolitical basis. Gonzo, history doesn't repeat, but it often rhymes. And that's exactly what is happening today. We're looking at crypto and they're labeling it under the under the mainstream narrative of nefarious activity, crypto collapses, dangerous information. When at the end of the day, we understand that many of the billion and trillion dollar institutions, whether it's JP Morgan, BlackRock, it can be anybody. They're all investing in this technology behind the scenes because it benefits what they do. Not only does it give them instant payments, it gives them more control over the money. And so I'm going to give you the open floor. How do you feel about Brad Garlinghouse statements here, Gonzo? Um, you know, I think he, he's spot on. You know, we, we talked about this last week with uh, Tony Edwards, where when it came to the 90s and the Internet regulation, um, it had to do with information. And so nobody really cared. Right. And so it was able to grow into what we see now. Right. And so what we're talking about is the disruption of money, right? And for the existence, as far as hundreds of years as it goes back, money's always been created by either militaries or governments. And now we have private companies that are creating versions of money um, and it's disruptive and they don't like it. And so they're going to fight us tooth and nail, right? But ultimately, it doesn't matter if it happens here in the U.S. or if it happens outside of the U.S., it's going to continue to happen, right? That train, like Coach JV likes to say, has left the station. And crypto is absolutely not going anywhere. They can slow it down, but they can't stop it. Andrew Cashel, the first thing that caught my attention with Brad Garlinghouse is how bodacious he's being right now. I feel like all these Ripple employees have this new boost of confidence. And I'm wondering why you believe that to be the case. Yeah, what, what I was thinking uh, when I watched this video, it was actually did remind me about an interview I saw from Mark Yosko the other day, a week, a week ago. And he said, what if... The, just the 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 anti-power against crypto is uh, is just a plan from the central banks worldwide, and then then I thought you know guy I think you make a point because first we saw the dollar go up then the euro went up and then the the, the yen went up so they all get their 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 play in the in the in the, in time to to make money and to devalue etc. and then. You know, and, and to deregulate or at least uh, not to allow uh, innovation on crypto, yeah, that 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 fuels the, 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 the plan just to, to, to get the dollar collapsing and to get another uh, a currency, a worldwide currency. So I think the, the, the old uh, elite just want to get as much, to squeeze the lemon out to get as much at the system as possible till till it doesn't go any further anymore 
and then maybe they, they want one yeah they have to, to to do something different but that's the feeling i get it is just a preconceived plan to 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 make to slow down everything just to get the sitting elite more squeezing out stuff that they like the most so andrew we are going to play the remainder of this video but i'd like to go back to you here you brought up something so important it is the the banking traditional banking institutions today that are attacking crypto in order to bring in central bank digital currencies when we look at people like the world economic forum ripple is involved in these meetings so what does that mean to you that ripple is working with many of the traditional banking systems in building cbdc's and enhancing what they've already created yeah you know it, it is also double i mean on one side you think they they are breaking it down on the other side they are uh, uh you know and what what is greg what what is greg maybe also playing a double role or not you know we don't know what they play behind the scenes because it does it does also doesn't look like greg is very angry or he is very upset or uh so there is a bigger master plan behind this what we see which is also discussed at the world economic forum and and that's that's what what they are doing so um i think it's it's maybe it is something like that greg also got something like take it or leave it you know you have to play the game with us and then you will get your chance but at least you need uh you need to be patient and maybe you may may speak a little bit negative about it, but not too much, because you never see him angry. You never see, you know what? Bullshit, uh, US. We will we will leave everything and we will go outside and we will leave US what it is. He's never saying that. So you know, I think there are some double plays here in this uh, in this area, and we only see the tiny uh, uh, shell around it, and we don't see anything what's happening behind the scenes. Johnny Crypto, I'd love to get some of your thoughts as well. Ripple has traditionally worked with Bank of America, but I'm sure behind the scenes, everybody is operating with the understanding that we are going to use crypto going forward. And central bank digital currencies are the main narrative right now. So what does it mean to you that Ripple is always working with companies like Bank of America, but we're claiming that this decentralization narrative is why everyone's in crypto? Well, let's face it. Let, let's just call it spade a spade. We all know that the banking industry is what drives everything. If you don't go and start working with the banks, you're not going to get adoption. Somebody actually said it in our chat, very savvy. They said that <laughs> they said that the um, the banksters are running the show, you know, and that's right, they are. And so, how do you get in play? You're not you're not going to unseat them. Forget that idea. That's not happening. They're too entrenched. So the only way to get into the game, Abs, is to go in through the bankers, and that's why you saw. When Ripple came out with the, you know, with this technology, they started, you know, realizing, hey, we're going to create this thing to be able to um, do cross-border payments. The first approaches they went were to the banks. That's where you have to start. And then obviously we know that there was a partnership there with Bank of America. What's sad and what I always wanted to see and we never saw was JP Morgan saying, hey, we're going to play with you guys too. Because I think that would be the holy grail or the blessing that, that we needed out there that we didn't see happen. But... Nonetheless, Bank of America is a very, very big player in this game, too, Abs, and we know that there's some relationships there. Let's continue to see how that goes. To me, that is the one thing that I think you know gives me a high level of hope that, that Ripple will have a place or XRP will have a place to play in this system. Absolutely, guys. And we got 304 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button and check out the remainder of this Brad Garlinghouse clip as this is really, really important. 
to have the Amazons and Googles based in headquarters in the United States. We're at, I think, severe risk of having that not happen in this next evolution of technology around blockchain and crypto. It has already started moving outside the United States. And also the consumers are suffering because of that, because you don't have the same protections that the U.S. regulatory frameworks can provide. What would a good framework look like in your view? Well, look, I, I, Johnny, I'm sure you want to comment there because Brad Garlinghouse just put Ripple in the same class as Google and Amazon and many of the other prominent companies that came out of the Internet. But the thing that I remembered is when David Schwartz tweeted out a few months ago, he said something about Amazon has land, Google has water, or no, 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 Ripple has water and Google has air, something along those lines. And so, again, we're seeing the analogy where Ripple is comparing themselves to trillion dollar companies like Amazon and Google. What does that mean to you, my friend? Well, here's the most important thing that he said there, in my opinion, Abs, when he just said there that, you know, all those companies he mentioned back in the early 90s didn't really exist, very, very small companies, and now they're very prominent. And where are they based out of, guys? They're here in the U.S. And what does that mean if your company's here in the U.S.? You're creating jobs. You're creating jobs for this economy. Now, the sad news about what he's saying is true. Because the U.S. has fallen behind and has pushed these companies out or not working with them and they're leaving the country, when they establish their feet somewhere in a different country, guess what's going to happen? All those jobs, all that innovation, it all starts there. And that country increases its value. And the countries that lost it obviously decrease in value. And that's what's going to happen is it's going to be a big loss because you're going to have a loss of jobs, a loss of innovation, loss of creativity. And that, that that's a big, big, in my opinion, that's huge. And that's because he's right. This is a big industry that's coming big that could could propel America to continue to be the leading innovator in the world. But it's not going to happen now because the U.S., as Brad rightfully said, is already behind Australia, China and all the other countries. Those are the ones that you're going to see now leading the next round of innovation, job growth, GDP growth. It's all going to happen in another country. And you're, you're going to just why I think you're going to see the baton passing from the U.S. being the number one country and leader in innovation in the world to another country. Sadly, Andrew Castle, this is a tweet I was referencing earlier. David Schwartz said all elements are now taken. Google has Earth. Apple has air, Amazon has fire, and Ripple has water. Now, we know David loves to play with his Twitter followers, but it is exciting to see him putting it in that class. So how do you feel about Brad Garlinghouse statements, again, comparing Ripple to companies like Amazon and Google? Yeah, I think he's right. He's right. And Johnny is also right that uh, that, that innovation, yeah, you should keep uh, innovation in, in, in the U.S. That, that's what I think. I mean, it, it's an excellent environment. You have the, the universities there. Uh, and of course, in a major innovations can also happen in other countries. Mm -hmm. But mm, yeah, you know, um, I would say if you want to have a strong country, yeah, ma make sure that that innovation is supported in your country. I see this also in the Netherlands. There is a lot of uh, governmental money going to uh, to to increase innovation in the Netherlands. You can you can apply for specific subsidies for innovation. So. Every country think this this is important, and what what's happening here in in the U.S. Uh, I, I don't understand it. Neither do I, and I don't even think Gary understands it, Andrew. But one of the things we like to say is history doesn't repeat, and it, but it often rhymes. And was Tesla was sued by uh, the SEC? They had the most profitable 24-month period after that settlement. Same thing with Amazon. Same thing with Microsoft. So maybe the kiss of death is a blessing in disguise. But guys, we got 305 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button. And Gonzo, 
Tell me what your thoughts are. Do you believe we could see a mass exodus from the United States? Um, yeah, you know, I, I definitely think that we are in the fight you stage, right? I think that's what 2023 will be. All you got to do is look at what happened uh, last week on Friday. We had that big red candle come down and now Bitcoin has been completely kind of just stable moving across because of what's happening with Silvergate Bank, right? And everybody leaving it. That is our on and off ramp. After Silvergate Bank, all we have is kind of like Signature Bank is where the exchanges have been going, right? So I, I do believe that Operation Choke Point 2.0 is in full effect. And, um, you know, they are definitely trying to attack. I mean, this morning you have all the news about Binance.us selling unregistered securities. Um, so, you know, we're going to have to see how it all shakes out. But definitely this year will all be about regulation and all the different things that come up associated with that. And I think that's crack what Kraken is doing right here. They're responding to the SEC by stating Kraken's legal staff officer says the exchange plans to launch its own bank. And this could be a response to Silvergate's recent collapse. And I want to remind our listeners, George Soros has a $100 million short on Silverbank from just a couple of months ago. So we could have seen this if we had been paying attention. But Johnny, before we continue with our news here, what does this mean to you? Huge huge news this tells you right here i mean we know that kraken has always been thinking about doing a bank anyway but because they probably saw the writing on the wall and it's very sad that literally there's two banks out there to help you get your money out right as as, as gonzo rightfully said signature and silvergate and we know that one side is in a lot of trouble silvergate's dead if the other one goes down <laughs> crypto's in a lot of trouble because there's not money there's no there won't be an off-ramp right very limited off-ramps i should say so the good news is you mentioned Soros and you said he has a short on Silvergate. That's correct. However, here's something else he has. He has a, uh, a long position on Signature Bank and on MicroStrategies, which we all know is Michael Saylor's company, Bitcoin. So he has placed two big bets in that place. Actually, a third one. He also has a big position in Mara Marathon, which is a Bitcoin miner. So he shorted. Silvergate, and he just went along those other three. And that's the one thing that gives me some confidence. Like, okay, it looks like Signature Bank is the one they want to continue to grow. And obviously, we'll see if they let Kraken get their own bank. And then, you know, so that kind of seems like they're pushing out the ones they don't want. As we said here, get the claws in the one they do want, and then unlaunch this thing. I think that's what's happening. So very, very interesting. Keep an eye on that, folks. And there's more news playing into this same narrative as HSBC has a nationwide restriction on cryptocurrency purchases in the UK. And everybody talks about how the UK is supposed to be one of the most crypto-friendly environments on the planet. It's interesting to see HSBC take this stance. So I'm wondering if it has anything to do with the way that the United States is regulating crypto. They know that many of those new policies could come overseas, and that could be worst case scenario for the industry. But guys, I do want to play the remainder of this uh interview here with Brad Garlinghouse about 30 seconds. Here we go. I think what you're seeing right now is the Securities Exchange Commission. You know, if you're hammer, everything looks like a nail. And uh, not everything here is a nail. And I, I think it has to, any framework has to start with clear protections for consumers, but then thoughtfully understand that these aren't always going to be securities. Some of them are used as currencies. That is you, having an efficient process to trade, exchange, move those things would be much harder in a world if they were regulated as securities. And Gary Gensler must understand that because he taught cryptocurrency courses back in 2018 at MIT. So he's much smarter than everybody else in this industry, right? That's why he's been given the 
the jurisdiction to regulate. So Johnny, we're going to hear from everybody, but let's start with you. What do you think about Brad's statements? Yeah. I mean, I guess at the end of the day, you know, I, I totally agree with him. And you know, one thing I want to go, yeah, he's right. <laughs> Everything looks like a nail. There's no doubt right now, except Ethereum. Ethereum must, you know, look like a, a screw. It's already in place and good to go. Cause they don't seem to be going after that one, but he, you know, it is one of the things we talked about earlier abs. We really need to see when that clarity is going to come, but Gonzo nailed it right on the head. We are in the fight you stage. And when we had Yosko on the show, it's not just in 2023. He's, he expects this thing to go for four years. He expects us to be in this till 2027. So it's going to be a you know, going to be an interesting road along the way in the fight you stage before they get, okay, boom, here it is, unlock it. And I think it will happen somewhere between now and then. But it's going to be one of those things where we are in so early. Abs, everybody here and everybody in the chat, we're in early. So we're going to feel the bumps. We're going to feel the pain that people aren't going to because they're not in this early, right? They're going to get in, you know, later. Not that it's going to be too late, but it won't be as beneficial as we are in now. But we have to understand we are going to go through days where our stomachs and you're going to want to go out and puke, you know, blah, because it's going to be so bad. It's going to be painful. Things that you own are going to be attacked or you may see, you know, something going down or the SEC shutting down this or when they took down Nexo and things like that. You're going to feel that and like, oh, my God, what do I do? So just be ready for that. But know that this is what it takes as we get to the stage where when we come through it at the other end, abs, there's going to be a big light at the end of the tunnel um, for all of us that are patient and, and, and know that we're invested in good technologies. Andrew, a little bit of optimistic outlook here. If there is a case scenario where there is regulation based around XRP and a couple of other cryptocurrencies, we're going to see all of the money in the market get squeezed into about 200 projects. And I want to remind people, there's over 20,000 existing cryptocurrencies today. Most of them don't have use cases like XRP. So I'd like to get some of your thoughts. Could it be a positive sign if many of the bad cryptos get regulated out and all that liquidity goes into real projects? I would love that. I mean, it would, it would be great for me. I mean, I'm, I'm in, the, in, in, the, in the top 10 cryptos. I'm, I'm invested substantially. And in the top 100 cryptos, yeah. Also, I have, you know, no more than two to $500, but, but still. And I don't care if, if even from the top 100 cryptos, 50 go to zero. If the other 50 make a thousand X, you know, I'm, I'm, I, I generated my generational wealth. Uh, but I was, I wanted to say something about what Johnny said. If we still need another four years before, yeah, we will be out of this fight. Do you have any idea what can be developed in four years? That's enormous. And the development will not stop at the borders of the of the united states it, there is so such an enormous amount of development also in in the, in the east and, and in other countries and so if 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 some if if there is somewhere a a a roadblock you know engineers find a way to go around it and politics cannot stop them and it will go via via other countries via other ways I mean, what you now see, there is so much attention at this moment for decentralized finance. All those engineers are working on decentralized finance. Why? Because we have proven here in the industry, in the market, that the centralized finance, you cannot trust them. One after the other goes bankrupt. And why is that? Because of greed. They are lending your money out. They are giving your money away. They are taking, I mean, Sam Bankman Fried. There is, there is uh, almost 10, 10 billion dollars is is vanished. It's it's gone, you know. So crypto is not bad. 
centralized entities are bad. And and even if you also have the... <laughs> I want to remind people where it all started. This is Sam Bankman-Fried pitching Kevin O'Leary on Shark Tank. So, Andrew, please continue. Yeah, yeah, great, great. So, but... Uh, Sorry, I know, threw you off a little bit. My, my apologies. Yeah, yeah, but, but, but I like it. I like it very much. So, uh, you know, and if then also Gary Gensler is stopping the innovation, it will just go outside the U.S. And people, engineers, not politicians, engineers, find ways to go around it. Absolutely, Andrew Cashflow. And we got 333 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button. And Gonzo, I'd love to give you the chance to close us out here. And we're going to remind our listeners of the Ethereum upgrade happening in just a couple of months. But while we're talking about uh, XRP here, what do you think? Is there a positive narrative we can take out of this? If Gary Gensler comes in and regulates cryptocurrency, there is a positive spin. Many of the bad projects all of that liquidity would flood into real projects, whether it's XRP, Ethereum, Polygon, Polkadot, AVAX, the list goes on and on. I'd like to hear some of your thoughts. Yeah, I mean, I agree with you. I, I think definitely, you know, we have 22,000 projects. A lot of them need to go away because a lot of them probably are scams or a lot of them are securities. Um, but the problem is, is that, you know, the SEC is supposed to be there to protect investors, but time and time again, they show us that they're not, right? That they're there just to, protect the traditional financial system. I mean, you see it every day in a different story or a different version, right? Now you got to see like what happened last week with the bankruptcy of Voyager or Binance US was trying to buy them, right? And then the SEC came in and is now blocking that because of the Voyager token possibly being security and then Binance.us possibly selling unregistered securities. I mean, there was a big story where the judge was absolutely kind of like flabbergasted like, why would you come in and say that? Because, I mean, this is good. If you're there to protect investors, right, um, and Binance.us buys Voyager and those assets, those people are looking to get like 73% of their assets back, and that's a good thing. But time and time again, they continue to get in the way of that, of, of what's best for, for the investors. Absolutely. And that, and that is because else Binance get too big. So that is the risk for the U.S. And Explain that. Agenda. Explain that, Andrew, because a lot of people have been critical of Coinbase in the United States. And we know people are choosing to use Binance overseas because of the way the SEC has been handling the crypto market. So I believe we showed an interesting survey or an interesting article where it said Binance is getting 14 million active users every week on their exchange where Coinbase the best exchange in America is only receiving 20,000 people signing into their accounts. So I think it really speaks to the adoption happening overseas as opposed to in the United States. It's a prime example of what Brad was talking about. And Johnny, I'd love to give you a chance to close this out. Yeah, well, we don't know what's happening in the other uh, countries, but we do know here that when the FTX debacle happened, it was all over the news, scaring everybody. Everybody's petrified of crypto in the U.S. right now. If you don't believe me, just go ask your friends and family what they think about crypto. So no surprise that you're not seeing, um, you know, everybody flocking to crypto right now. Plus, finance was established longer and it's been, well, I shouldn't say longer, but it's been out there globally. It's more prominent than Coinbase's prominent. So I never really thought that was a good apples to apples comparison, to be honest with you. But the numbers are overwhelming, no doubt about it. Having that much of a, <laughs> having that much, thank you. Having that much of a, of a difference in use case out there. However, you do see now, in fact, there was an article I sent you guys last night that they're coming, you know, the SEC is not messing around. There definitely feels like sides are being taken and the, and they're coming after Binance. Binance US is in trouble. You said they already shut down BUSD. 
we know this is whole battle between you know CZ and, and Coinbase, and CZ kind of kicked off the whole FTX debacle. So maybe he accelerated plans before they won. I don't know, but it just seems like somebody's angry at CZ and Binance, and I think they're going to do everything they can. Now, Binance is not based in the U.S., right? You guys know that. They created a separate segment called Binance U.S., and that is right now, if anything, that's at risk. So if anybody's got stuff on that, just, just be mindful that the U.S., uh, the SEC is coming after them. But the rest of the Binance system, um, I always thought was safe, but this article was saying that they might have ways to go after them through that too. So it was very interesting apps. It's a really interesting time to be invested in this market. And guys, we are going to show you Gary Gensler's response to Brad Garlinghouse that he gave later this week, talking about if you are anticipating profit on a project, most likely it falls under a securities law. So we're going to show you that, but that is after we show you the smartest way to track your crypto. Have you gotten wrecked in the crypto market space or watched your crypto portfolio go all the way up and then all the way down without taking profits? If so, it's probably because you didn't have an exit plan. The good news is that doesn't need to happen anymore thanks to a new and innovative crypto tracker called Merlin. It's the smartest way to track your crypto. Merlin brings all your coins into one place so you can see all your assets across the different exchanges on one screen. You can see your total portfolio value and more importantly, your daily gains, losses, and total since inception. Merlin puts the power back in your hands so you no longer have to guess what your portfolio is doing on a daily or monthly basis. Most importantly, Merlin lets you create an exit plan and sends you notifications when your targets are reached so you no longer have to get wrecked in the marketplace. Go to MerlinCrypto.com. That's MerlinCrypto.com and sign up for our free 30-day trial and get on the wait list so you can receive an email when the product is launched. Don't miss out on this new and innovative app, Merlin. It's the smartest way to track your crypto. And guys, we are excited to bring you that product. And reminder, you get it 30 days for free. So there's no harm in signing up for the wait list and testing it out, giving us your feedback so we can bring you something better. But we got 316 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button. This is Gary Gensler's response to Brad Garlinghouse. There's nothing incompatible crypto and our securities laws. Our securities laws were brought about to protect the investing public against fraud and schemes and manipulation and it was through this idea of full fair and truthful disclosure registering with the sec when you're raising money from the public and the public's anticipating a profit it's pretty straightforward it's actually it's pretty straightforward yet they are not using the same rule book for every project in the industry there's no debate here gonzo ethereum had an ico it happened back in 2014 and they went to 14 individuals selling them ethereum for $1 a piece. Now, of those 14 individuals, seven of them are yet to take any profits at all, which means if they decided to sell today, they'd be up over $50,000 on a $14 investment. So if that's not a security under Gary Gensler's rule book, I'm not sure how XRP is. But what does it mean to you, my friend? I mean, they're, they're all, I mean, he keeps saying this over and over. He comes out and says that there is a clear path and there is no clear path, right? You have these uh, multi-million dollar companies that want to be in compliance. You're going to tell me that between their attorneys, they can't figure out the form that's online or they can't figure out what they need to do. There is no clear path. And even when they come in, like Johnny has said, uh, and they tried to like comply, they either get rejected or they get slapped with a uh, with the lawsuit, right? And so it's completely asinine the way that he makes it seem because it's not that simple, right? And it's not just about disclosures and he is misquoting uh what a security is right there are multiple prongs to the howie test and just 
assuming profit is not that alone, right? Because then how is he saying that? Because he said stable coins are security too, right? But stable coins are always a dollar. So there is no profit in that, right? So he really just needs to make up his mind. But that's what happens. I mean, it's all manipulation at the end of the day. And there is no clarity. And like Johnny has said before, until Congress gets their shit together and they actually make a law or they come out with some actual guidance, um, this is going to continue to happen. Absolutely, Johnny. And I'd love to hear your take on this as well. But with Gary Gensler claiming that everything besides Bitcoin is a security, he is indirectly separating himself from the Ethereum alliance. So there is another narrative going on here and he could be playing a game of 3D chess, I like to call it. What does it mean to you, Johnny? You know, I, I heard my ribs laughing so hard when you when you played that clip from him about wanting to protect investors. Because if he did, well, let me ask you this. What did Ripple do to manipulate and lie and mislead investors? Because <laughs> I haven't figured it out yet. But I can tell you what FTX did to lie and misrepresent. He was working with them, but he wouldn't let he wouldn't work with Ripple. I mean, it's just complete, complete complete rat snake weasel here right you just can't go and say i want to help people there it is folks you can't say i want to help people and then and then you go after the company that hasn't been doing anything you know illegal or manipulative and, and then you let the one that is scot-free i just you can't you can't make this stuff up abs I, I don't know it's so sad at the end of the day but you asked a very important question you know, why is he letting, you know, Ethereum get a free pass? We don't know the answer to it, but obviously, and now he's like, oh, well, no, everything is a, you know, everything, even Ethereum, he, he didn't say Ethereum is, but like you said, he's playing 3D chess. What I think he's really doing is just trying to say, hey, yeah, I'm not going to say that they're not, but I'm not going to go after them either. So then he gets, he makes it look like Ethereum could also be it, but you know what? If he doesn't take action, then they're going to get a free pass anyway, and he looks good. It's unbelievable. Another thing that caught my attention right now as you're speaking, Johnny, and I'm going to kick it to you here, Andrew, is that I haven't heard a single rumor about what JP Morgan is doing by building Onyx coin on Ethereum. Is that a security? What implications does that have that JP Morgan is betting on Ethereum by building on top of that blockchain? It's a whole other narrative we're going to see play out, and I'm sure it's going to come to fruition in 2023. But Andrew Cashel, I'd love to get some of your thoughts. How do you feel about Gary Gensler's statements here? I thought you were going to ask me about J.P. Morgan. Oh, go ahead. Talk about J.P. Morgan. That's more important. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah. They, if, if I was J.P. Morgan, I would have a whole development team and a whole team on crypto. And why? Because crypto is the future and they all understand it. So they have to get familiar in the company with, with all the people. And that's what the major, major banks should do because that's their survival. And and. And not only JP Morgan, but also other other banks should do it. And you see it everywhere. You see it all also in, in Netherlands. I mean, a, a friend of mine, he was he was hacked by uh, by by uh, by a Russian company, and his whole uh, truck company with hundred trucks were, uh, were were out out of service. They couldn't do anything anymore. So he went to his bank, and I know people in that bank, and they are formally not allowed to talk about crypto. This CEO, he went to his bank in the Netherlands and he said, yeah, I have to pay Bitcoin, but I have no idea how to do it. And you know what they said? Sure, sir, we will help you. No problem at all. So they yeah. know exactly how it works and how to do it, but they keep it under the radar. The, 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 the employees are not allowed to talk about it, but that, that is what's happening. And in, in secret, teams are working on, on crypto. And 
you know, and I and I understand that because if I was a CEO of a major bank, I would I would do exactly the same. Yeah, and 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 that that that's what it is. So uh, prepare yourself for the future. It's pretty simple too, right? Everything that crypto does, the banks do at a worse level. You can put your you can put your cash in a stablecoin and get up to four percent interest with supposedly almost no risk. But if you put it in the bank, you're getting about 0.1 percent, and your money's not sitting in the bank. At least with the stablecoin, you like to have the idea that my money is existing on this ledger. It's more secure. When you give your money to a bank, they are legally allowed to lend it out at a 97% rate. So for every dollar you put in the bank, 97 cents is what gets lent out to other banks. And three cents is what sits in the bank account waiting for you to come and collect. But we got 325 live listeners joining us. Show us some love, smash that like button and check out this Ripple survey that states over 97% of payment firms believe that crypto could facilitate faster payments. And Johnny, that's exactly what Andrew was just referencing. Bank of America, JP Morgan, all of these people understand that crypto is here to stay. They just want control. So what does that mean to you, my friend? I mean, it's, it's just mind-boggling that word. <laughs> you know, the adoption, I mean, that's a huge, agreed, perfect word, overwhelming, 97%. believe it can help facilitate, no doubt about it. I mean, we've all seen it. See, here's the thing, though. A lot of people, normal, the normal you know, average person doesn't understand how technology works right so when they use a venmo or they use a cash app they think that that you know the money's happening there instantly and it's getting there but it's really not right it takes time for settlement and the swift system and all these different things are coming to play depending on if you're going overseas or not and so uh the reason why these payment firms understand and believe crypto is better for them is because in the back end, the backside, behind the scenes, right, after you push the button in Cash App or Venmo, things happen differently when you have a, a technology like a, a potential cryptocurrency technology uh, or blockchain technology that they can be faster, lower cost, efficient. And that's all good in the bottom line for all those companies. And that's why they see the benefit in this app. And more importantly, that's why it's coming. It ain't going to, it's not that it's not coming because every company and it's all about getting the, their costs down. So it will happen. It's just a matter of how soon, who's going to be allowed to play and win. Remember something very important that Yusko said, he said, you know, why are there only two or three companies that are allowed to really, you know, dominate in this space, right? So you got the Samsungs, and, you know, and you got the Apples, right? And a few others, and that's it. Why is everybody else playing? Same thing's going to probably happen in blockchains and cryptos. You're going to see only a very select few that are going to get to dominate the whole entire market. And that's why I've been saying you got to have a few horses in the race. We don't know which ones are going to dominate, but you, you want to look at the ones that you think can and, you know, make sure you grab, like Andrew says, put two to $500 and see what happens, right? You don't want to overdo it, but you want to make sure you're in this game because, for what the article just said, it's coming. Which one? We don't know, but it's coming. Absolutely, Johnny. And the most important quote within this article, it wasn't just that 97% believe blockchain and technology will have a significant impact. It's that they believe it will have a significant impact in the next three years. So Gonzo, what does it mean to you that Ripple survey tells the world the next three years we can indirectly anticipate a bull run? Yeah, I mean, if you think about it, like... What we're talking about is basically a ledger, right? We're talking about numbers on a screen, right? And so when I go and buy something at the store, they take, there's like a ledger on that side and it goes to the other side and it just subtracts, right? That's that's how it works. So it would make sense that when we're talking about cryptocurrencies, it's just a ledger. And if it's a decentralized ledger, then that means that there are multiple copies of that ledger, right? 
Um, and we all know that, you know, it's outdated technology. Like Swift doesn't send money, it sends data, right? And when we're talking about what XRP does or what some of the cryptocurrencies do, they're sending money and data. So it's an upgrade. So um, of course, that's where we're moving to. It's just that the incumbents don't want to let go of that power, right? That you're trying to figure out how they're going to continue to make money. And that's why we're seeing all of this. Absolutely, guys. And somebody just commented, Swift is set to move into ISO protocol starting on March 1st. I believe it is March 25th. So I do think we have at least a couple more weeks before we see that shift. And I had an article pulled up. I just got to find it with that date. So I do believe it is the third week of March. We could see that initial shift. But guys, I do want to play this video here, Johnny. As the leader of this crypto firm right here, Multicoin Capital's hedge fund has lost over 92% of its investments since the last year. Well, this guy had some bold statements from a couple of months ago. I'm going to play this. It speaks for itself. I would actually argue it's probably good for most 18 to 25 year olds to get scammed and lose the substantial majority of their life savings. Really? <laughs> like I, I actually think society would be better off in the long run if that happened to most 18 to 25 year olds because they will teach them a lesson about risk and about trust and due diligence that like they're never going to forget. Well, I can actually say you do learn the most from your losses, right? But to say you want them to lose their life savings, it's either ignorant or just I don't know. Why does it, what does he have against 18 to 25 year olds? These are the people who we need to be investing in the market today. And you don't want to scare them away from the technologies that are going to have the greatest impact on their entire life. So Johnny, as somebody who's only 25, what does it mean to you? Yeah. You know, just turning 25 last month, you know, it is very, this guy hurts my feeling. No, actually the, the icon there heard that whoever drew the clown on him is perfect. He is a clown. No question about it. That's probably the most retarded statement I ever heard that you have to lose your life savings. Now, what I think is important is you follow the Andrew cash flow rule. This is why I think people should listen to Andrew. You put two to five hundred dollars in something, and when you start losing two to five hundred dollars, okay, in 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 investments at a as a twenty or twenty five year old, that is significant. That could be your whole paycheck. So it doesn't. No, you don't need to lose your whole life savings. This guy is freaking retarded. I wish I. I guess I, I got to find my rat snake weasel. I went away and somebody misplaced it, but I would pull up the rat snake weasel on this guy because. So not true that people need to lose their life savings. I just think people need to lose money. When people lose some money, you know, you know, there's a significance. You lose two to five hundred dollars as a paycheck. That's gonna you're gonna remember that. You're like, holy crap, I worked hard for that and it's gone. That that's the lesson I think that's that that is important. And this other guy laughing when he says they should lose their life savings. Like, come on, guys, that's just ridiculous. That that just shows he has no goals. He shouldn't be having an interview like that if you can't stick up for yourself. That guy looks like a younger guy. To yeah. say everybody in 18 to 25 should lose their money, it's just ignorant. I don't really, there's not much left to say. But Andrew, uh, Johnny Johnny Crypto just brought up a great point. Two to $500 is all you need to risk in these markets. Go ahead and lose 500 bucks. You don't need to lose 20 grand. You can feel the pain through that 500. And like we said, most lessons are learned through failure. So what does it mean to you, Andrew? You know, you, you can even start with $50 to invest. And if you lose $50, it also hurts, especially on, the, on that age. And that's already enough. So, you know, and we learn the most by, from our mistakes. So you have to make your, your mistakes and, 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 and actually you have to make them fast. But make sure you make your mistakes cheap and not too expensive. Because if you go into a scam coin with all, indeed, all your life savings, maybe somebody who, who worked a lot and 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 have maybe two to three thousand dollars and put it all into a, a scam coin yeah that hurts too much and then i say you know split up that three thousand dollars in 
chunks of 200. Yeah, and then you can maybe do, do 10 to 15 uh, uh, crypto projects and then see what happens. And as soon as you invest a little bit, you're, you're, you're emotionally involved. And if you're emotionally involved, it is, it is the real game. Because from hindsight, it's always so easy. Oh, I should have bought there and I should have sold there. Nobody can predict the top or the bottom. So let that be. And, and I, I, I tend to agree a little bit with this guy, but that you need to lose your life savings as a, as a 25 years old. That's pure bullshit. Well, an interesting statistic is that the average life savings of anybody under 40 in America, well, you you might think it's 20 grand. You might think it's 50 grand. It's $3,000. So even though this man is coming out and criticizing the 18 to 25-year-olds, in my opinion, it doesn't look like the 30 to 40-year-olds have their have their shit together, for lack of a better statement. Yeah, because but, but apps, why do people only have two to $3,000? Because, and I'm not sure if it's for everybody, but a lot of people spend everything. And they live from paycheck to paycheck. So it's also a discipline to say, you know, if money comes in, I first pay myself. I pay myself 10% of my income on my investment account. And it stays there. It's not my money anymore. It is my investment account money. And if you teach yourself to do that over and over and over again and, and do this for years, then you can build up some wealth for yourself. And it starts always small. And I know it's difficult when it starts small, but you think it almost makes no sense. But, you know, if you do it over and over again, let's compare it with going to the gym. If you go the first day to the gym and then you, you, you come back home, you see nothing. If you go the second day to the gym, you see nothing. The third day, you see nothing. But do it several weeks in a time and you feel better. And you, maybe you see some muscles developing. That's the same with 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 uh, with, with investing and with uh, with paying yourself first. So absolutely, and there's a reason they call this man the cash flow king, and that was just a little bit of insight right there, guys. But we got 325 live listeners joining us. Show us some love, smash that like button, and Gonzo, I'm kicking it right to you. But one of our commenters said, "I wonder if this guy just lost all of his money on FTX." The answer would be yes. As he stated, while the fund successfully dodged the catastrophic implosions of Luna in Three Arrows, three arrows Capital last year, we didn't avoid the explosion of FTX. After a remarkable year in 2021, our performance for 2022 was the worst since inception. So Gonzo, I'm going to give you the open floor here. How do you feel about his initial statements and the fact that he was involved with FTX? Well, um, I don't think a lot of people were able between Three Arrows Capital, Luna, and FTX. I don't. I don't think there were a lot of people that were left um, unscathed, right? Somebody had some exposure somewhere. Um, you know, I think he is referencing DJs, but I, I think it goes to a bigger issue with our society, and that's financial responsibility, right? They don't teach you that stuff in school. They don't teach you about budgets. They don't teach you. I think most people live paycheck to paycheck. There was a study that I was reading, and there's people that make like $150,000 to $200,000 a year, which is a good amount of money, right? That is like straight up middle class, upper middle class, and are still living paycheck to paycheck, right? Because I, I mean, I remember um, I actually started to get more financially responsible when I, when Shelly and I first got together, because she's always been kind of that personality type. But it really wasn't until I got kind of into crypto that I really started taking my finances very, very serious and kind of accounting for every kind of dollar, right? And then taking my investments kind of into my own hands. But I think it goes to the bigger issue of that you're not taught this in school. So I think most people live 
paycheck to paycheck, right? And so it goes back to your original comment that most people like have a major thing happen, like a car breaks down and let's say have a, a three to $4,000 car bill, uh, you know, repair uh, bill and they don't have it and they have to lean on credit cards, right? And it starts this spiral because if you have to put it on a credit card, then how are you going to pay that off? Because you didn't have the money to begin with. So it just starts this whole spiral thing. And, Don, it, and it goes to like kind of like a bigger problem. One of the things that I saw this morning was that right now, total credit card debt for Americans is $996 billion. So I thought it was just a perfect time to throw that in. And I'd love to give you a chance to close it out. But look at this FTX news first. As the new court filings show that FTX currently owes customers $1.6 billion worth of Bitcoin, but has $1 million. That is it. Only 0.06% of what they should have. And this is one of the things where I think Gary Gensler could help solve this issue. I'd like to kick it back to you, Gonzo, and then we'll show our Ethereum video. Yeah, I mean, in, in, in the macro environment, these are the times that you're supposed to come out of credit cards, like if you were doing things the right way. And unfortunately, it's not working that way, right? People are leaning into their credit cards. And then once the macro thing settles, these people, how are they going to pay their credit card bills, right? Most of them are going to file for bankruptcy, right? These are the times that like, we don't have any credit card debt, right? Um, like we pulled everything off. And so we just use our budget now, right? Whatever we budget for. Um, but that's not how most, um, I think people live. Um, I think people live paycheck to paycheck. And then when things go bad, they lean on their credit cards. And then it's like this never ending kind of spiral. Um, and then at the end, um, they either file for bankruptcy or they find a way to pay them back. But I think I would venture to say most people file for bankruptcy. Absolutely, Gonzo. And check out this interesting video here. I'd actually like to preface this video real quick by stating we always criticize Ethereum. Oh, not only do I own Ethereum for full disclosure, I'm not a financial advisor, not financial advice. I do believe in the project because I see so many large banks and so many, whether it's Coinbase, JP Morgan, all of these guys are building on Ethereum. So I'm only being critical of the way that Gary Gensler is regulating Ripple, which is another project that I own, as opposed to Ethereum. So that's that's all. That's the only dispute I have. It's not that I don't believe in the project. I really do believe in the project. And this video explains it very well. So we're going to go play this clip and go to Gonzo. Here we go. Is the year of Ethereum rollups, Ethereum layer twos, and really taking Ethereum to its next level. One of the faithful decisions that we made around 2020 um, this is, I think, another one of these uh, trivia that's, uh, that is well known within Ethereum circles, but probably hasn't really kind of filtered out to the, uh, you know, the wider narrative on Uplex is uh, the roll-up centric roadmap, right? This is basically this idea that uh, instead of Ethereum itself trying to kind of boil the ocean with uh, scaling and uh, turn itself into this complicated hyperscalable system, we would make some changes to Ethereum that would make it be more friendly to people making layer two scaling solutions, right? So layer two scaling solutions are like Matic. protocols that try to do the same thing that Ethereum does, but that plug into Ethereum for security. And I think, so oh, did, didn't mean to click that, but I, I think that's a great place to pause because we talk about Matic constantly on our channel. What do you think, Gonzo? What do you think about Matic basically stating that it enhances Ethereum here and that's what they're betting on for this project to be successful? Yeah, you know, the reason I kind of showed you the video I wanted to talk about it is because like this is where the you're hearing straight from the horse's mouth from Vitalik, right, where the original plan was to scale Ethereum, right? And then this is where like when people would say, oh, well, layer twos are going to go away when Ethereum scales. And the pivot point he's telling you was in 2020, where they realized that they couldn't scale Ethereum, that they were going to need the actual layer two solutions 
to scale it. And it just goes, we always talk about layer twos, but I just wanted everyone to kind of see a a video straight from the horse's mouth of what the plan is, right? And this is where layer two solutions are going to scale Ethereum. That is the plan, right? So they're going to scale and they're going to lean on the security of Ethereum. That's where we're going. So whether it's Polygon, IMX, that's big into gaming, right? Optimism, uh, Arbitrum that doesn't have a token yet, but is going to... um, in the next bull run in 2025, I think there's going to be a huge layer two narrative because this is the plan from from now till they fully scale out is that layer twos are going to scale Ethereum. They're a part of that integral roadmap and they're really gonna unlock the true full potential. That's why they went to proof of stake uh, and watch this thing is just gonna like run in the next bull run when we talk about different layer twos. Absolutely. And that's why I felt like it was important to show the global market cap from this last bull run. We went from 800 billion to $3 trillion. We regressed right to those levels. And now we are getting a steady uptrend. So it doesn't surprise me at all that we have companies like Coinbase coming out and stating the time is now for institutions to look beyond Bitcoin and Ethereum. But guys, we got 297 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button. I want to close out the episode with this right here. As Tether is being accused of operating under a shadow banking system back in 2018. Tether access bank accounts by, by way of falsifying documents and intermediaries, a new report says. This is out of the Wall Street Journal and reported on Friday that Tether used bank accounts in the names of executives from various companies, slightly tweaking those names to maintain access to the global financial system in 2018. The report pointed out that Crypto Capital Corporation, which was a shadow bank, which held Tether funds before shutting down, before being shut down by authorities, they were the ones who were creating these fake accounts. And now this is all coming to fruition. Gonzo, I, I, I know you have some thoughts. How about we go really quickly, 30 seconds from each guy. Is this true or is this BS? I, I think it's bullshit. I don't believe anything that the Wall Street Journal says, right? They're the ones that are doing puff pieces on SPF. I'm not saying that it didn't happen, but where's the... Did I freeze or did Gonzo freeze, guys? Gonzo freeze. Okay. Andrew Cashflow, jump right in, my friend. Yeah. Uh, to, to me, also, it is uh, it is total BS. And, uh, I mean, who says this? Is it true? Is it verified? It's just uh, f- fear porn. Also, for, 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 the, for the public, and uh, don't use Tether anymore. The, the Tether must, must be broken down. And it also fits in the narrative of crypto is bad and CDBC is good. Awesome, Johnny Crypto. Floor is yours, and then we'll close it out with Gonzo. Well, and you know, and Andrew just said it. Here is the narrative that's driving everything. Abs. At the end of the day, you can't believe anything these guys tell you. You never know who's telling the truth. We'll find out later on what really happened there. You know, Tether's always had a cloud of uh, questions around in any way. So we'll see what happens in the long run. But to me, it's it's more importantly keeping an eye on where we see the stablecoin, the stablecoin development and how the U.S. is going to roll one out. That's really the key that I think we need to focus on. Gonzo, it's often when you say the truth, they shut you down. So here's your second <laughs> chance. Give your take and then we'll go. <laughs> I was going to say, it's. Uh, I think it's BS. I don't believe anything the Wall Street Journal puts out because you know they did the puppies on SBF. But is it feasible? Yeah, because you figure when these protocols were, were in their inception, they have issues because they're cryptocurrencies dealing with banks or getting their bank accounts going, right? It's the same thing that we saw in California with the marijuana dispensaries, right? They deal a lot in cash because they can't deal with banks because it's still federally against the law. Marijuana is, right? So it's very similar with crypto. 
So I'm not saying that it can't be feasible, but I just don't trust anything that the Wall Street Journal says. Thank you, guys. And we're going to close it out the same way we always do by saying thank you to each one of our special guests. Thank you to Gonzo. Thank you to Andrew Castle. And thank you to the man, the myth, the legend himself. We got 286 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button. Tomorrow, we are going to be talking about CBDCs built on the XRPL. Love you guys. Have a great day. Let's go.